Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. Hi. Alright, Carrie, so you're the one making all the noise. No, I'm not! <laughs> Everybody else is muted. Well, well the, only, no, the only noise I'm making is the air conditioner in my truck. Is that bad? Karen. Okay, there you are, Karen. Okay, so today is June 27, 2019, and we're here with Carrie, and uh, we're going to talk more about tax court stuff and other fun stuff. Karen, are you there? No, she's not. She run, she run off with it. Karen, hit star two. Karen, okay. hit star two. We were talking about something important. Oh, well. Okay. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about, Carrie? Well, what we're doing is we're having some pretty good uh, successes in the tax court. We do have one every once in a while that goes off the rails, and it's because they can't. We are really very effective at this, and, it, and it's, not, it's not making them happy. Um, so I got my first IRS letter um, this week. I think I got it on Monday or Tuesday um, for the first time in about eight or nine years. So I, I, just by the an, just by the answer that they gave me, I know I know they're were affected. So what was your letter? It says well, we need more time for your. Um, um, we need we need more time to to get back to you. That we do the best we can, and uh, I sent it in. I asked them a question in in January. They said <laughs> they need more time, so they asked for another uh, forty five day extension. I think it's a uh, what is it? Uh, uh, forty five forty nine C or something. Oh, whatever it is, it ends in a C. 86C or something, but anyway, they asked for more time because the, they haven't had a chance to get to my uh, question yet, but they're working on it. So Karen has her hand raised. Hopefully, I'll unmute. We'll hear. All right. Yeah. Sorry about that. I the dog. I was I was going crazy and I had to do. All right. Well, so now wait what, a second before 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 you start. Okay. I'm repeating. I'm repeating what you said. You said it. You are sorry. I understand that. You are sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding you. <laughs> are you saying she's pathetic? Is that what you mean? No. She said you I'm sorry. You didn't say that. I was, I, was just, I was just agreeing. She is okay. sorry. No, 
just go ahead. I'm just kidding with you. Go ahead. All right. State of affairs, just to bring everybody up to speed. File yes. a petition for my husband. Uh, the respondent responded with their usual crap where they say uh, should be dismissed for lack of jurisdiction. We've, we've never sent them a notice of deficiency or notice of determination. And then a whole bunch of other stuff that has absolutely no relevance whatsoever. All the red herring stuff, all the this and that fact that has absolutely nothing to do with the, with the question. And then they add, we want penalties because she's been delaying or he's been delaying, whatever. So addressing those things, I responded to that with, uh, if you don't have jurisdiction, if the court does not have jurisdiction, how the heck can they issue penalties, basically? And then, you right. know, also some commentary about the all the crap that they put in there, 14 pages of stuff and, you know, who's delaying, you know, who's a good dog, who's a bad dog, that kind of thing, right? Uh, yeah. And then I get this order, and I'll read it. On April 17, 2019, respondent filed a motion to dismiss for lack hey, of jurisdiction. Stop, to stop for one second. Stop for one second. Respondent, just for those that are new, tell right. them who the respondent is. That, that, way, that, that way it makes more sense to them. Commissioner of Internal Revenue is the respondent. So respondent <laughs> filed a motion to dismiss for lack of jurisdiction and to impose a penalty under Internal Revenue Code Section 6673. I don't think we need to go into the details of 6673. You may think we do, but I don't think we do. Okay. I don't think we do. Okay. On May 6, 2019, petitioner filed a response to respondent's motion to dismiss to and to impose a penalty, which I just talked to you about. I just said, this is what was in that. Yeah. How the hell can there be penalties by, uh, issued by a court that doesn't have jurisdiction? It's not possible. How, how can this be? Upon due consideration, <laughs> I have to laugh, it is ordered that this case is assigned to Chief Special Trial Judge Louis R. Carluzzo solely to dispose of respondents above reference motion to dismiss and to impose a penalty. So, Carrie, what's your opinion about what this what the, this court is trying to do here? Because you talked about well, it today with me. Yes, what, what they have done similar things is that what they're saying is they're going to dismiss they're going to dismiss the case for lack of jurisdiction and they're going to throw away the penalties and that's basically what they said in the other ones that we've been dealing with because we answered it the same way and they come back and they say that the uh, court doesn't have jurisdiction on the grounds they did and they tell you what it is that you didn't get an notice of deficiency notice of determination so the uh, penalty is dismissed and so is the case I, the I get that Terry that's what they're going to do but why are they doing this instead of just doing that? Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to, what they're, they're fishing, and they're trying to get us to stop doing this. This is so effective yeah. that they can't, and it's because it's so effective, they're trying to put the kibosh on it. And I'm so going to say it, I'm going to say it a more crass way. They're pissing right. their pants and they're handing yeah. a hot potato to somebody else. There you go. And because they don't want to deal with it because they they they, they don't know how to deal with it. See, we're not we're not telling them we 
that we're not a we're a, we're not a we're not we're or we're a. So what we're telling them is we didn't get what we had to get, and they can't say they gave it to us. So now uh, we're putting the kibosh on everything. Just this week, I think we had six people call me that are have on Social Security, and all six of them got their check, full check for the first time in four or five years. They've yeah. been taken. Yeah, they've been taking forty to sixty percent of it. They're not in the hundreds, you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars a month, and uh, and so they've gone through everything and they got their they got their uh, full check for the first time in three or four years. So we are putting the, we are hurting them, and so that's what they're doing. You're exactly right. They're wet. They're they're wet in their drawers and they're and now they're starting to smell bad. They don't know what to do. So. Um, <laughs> Yippee-I-A-K-I-O, you know, or yippee kai yeah. kai well, uh, Okay, so but what is. to do? Okay, so I want to go back to, you know, this thing. This this particular order is signed by uh, Maurice B. Foley, which, by the way, was the judge that ruled in my case. This is my husband's case. So in my case, that was the judge that ruled, and he ruled that it's dismissed for lack of jurisdiction and no penalties, right? Yeah, and some right. empty threat about if I did this again, he might do penalties, you know, right? Whatever. <laughs> so now he's getting this and he's saying, oh, no, this is the this is this is, you know, same thing as I've seen before a million times now, hopefully. And uh, so he says, I'm not dealing with this anymore. It's a disaster. I'm going to handle it, hand it over to this chief special trial judge and see what happens. See with whether how long they'll wait. Right. Well, I've been waiting. Yep. This was this was issued on May 15th. So May, June, now we're almost on two months. And I'm saying, well, this is stupid. <laughs> so I'm I'm hunting and pecking for a rule that I can do something, get the get the court off the pot or to shit or right. something. Right. And then yeah. uh, so I find uh, rule 120 in the tax court, US tax court rules. And it says, judgment on the pleadings is the title. A, general, after the pleadings, and those things are those, the response from the respondent and yep. my thing and all that, right? After the pleadings yep. are closed, but within such time as to not delay the trial, any party, that means me or them, may move for judgment on the pleadings. Thank you. I'll do that. Yes, that's what we need to do then. I'm glad you shared that because sometimes we need, sometimes they just stand there just to relate a quick story, then I'll get off. But we went to the county, we sued the county in the uh, state, telling mm -hmm. the state that we challenged jurisdiction on the county and they won't, um, they won't uh, show it to us. So the county asked to have it dismissed and the, and the county sh the judge dismissed it. So we appealed it. We appealed it on the grounds that they had jurisdiction. The state said, well, the, the appellate court said, well, we can't rule on it because we don't know if they have jurisdiction. So in our appeal, we said, well, we want this to stop showing up on the tax rolls until they rule on it. The appellate court gave that to us. It's been nine years. The guy's <laughs> property tax have not shown back up for nine years. See, they don't know what to do because if they had it, they would have shown it, see? And so 
I think we're going to start getting some of that is what I'm thinking because that's mm-hmm. how we did this one. But in, in the case I just told you, that worked out great. And what we did is we, we went to the court and challenged jurisdiction, and the court couldn't answer it. So when we sued them in the state, a more higher court, the state court, the state court couldn't rule because they have they don't they even they don't know if the county has jurisdiction not because they because they wouldn't answer it. So what they're trying to do, I think, is get out of something. They've they've stepped in it, and now it's on their shoe, and they can't get it off their shoe. Is what I think. So. Well, that's because the IRS did it wrong. That's I mean, exactly are they right. surprised that they've finally been caught at what they've been doing wrong and, and we're calling them on it? For really? Years. For, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm we've been I calling found... on the whole thing. You know, the whole the kit and caboodle we've been questioning where the hell they, you know, and they keep citing, you know, the 16th Amendment and crap, right? And so we can never get anywhere. We finally said, look, You've been doing all this, and they're not following the procedure they set for themselves. Please explain right. to me what the hell's going it, on. You know, I haven't got a right. notice of determination. haven't got a notice of deficiency. What's going on? What, what are you doing? Right. And see, they can't tell you they gave you one. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, it may have been you that told it. Uh, we had one that we squeezed them really, really hard. And the uh, and the IRS basically said it's not important that you receive it; it's only important that we sent it. So while I was on the phone with the guy for my for a guy, I said, "Well, when are you going to send my client?" Yeah. Well, I said, "When are you going to send my uh, client his change?" She said, "What are you talking about?" Well, I'm using your language. It's not important you got his check; it's only important that he sent it. You said you owe six hundred thousand. He sent you a million dollar check. So we need the $400,000 changed. He cracked himself and started hollering and then hung up on us. So yeah. that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I said, really? I got you on recording. You better not have recorded that. You had to click. <laughs> so, so, so one of the other things that I did today, um, you know, and Tad can, uh, you know, they can do whatever they want with it, is that I uh, cleaned up a, you know, I, I basically took the names uh, to protect the innocent off of uh, the response that I had drafted for my case and the similar response that I had drafted for my husband's case, right? So yeah. I, I I changed the name to Gary Joe Lunchbucket and the years are highlighted. So, and the docket numbers, hi, you know, highlighted and changed from what it was, right? And I sent this off to, uh, oh, there's one other thing that needs to change. I sent this off to um, Tad so that he could post it off. And don't post it until I send you this this one update because I made one change um, that to protect the innocent here. Um, we appreciate that help too. Yeah. So uh, um, it is a simple, pretty much just two page uh, response to the respondents poop and the respondents right. seem to all be doing the same thing they're all saying dismiss for lack of jurisdiction and we want penalties right 
So they're all since they're all doing that, you pretty much can use this response. There are some details that are about your own case or one's own case right. that one would have to adjust and all of that. But other than that, you know, it's it's got the essentials. It asks the question, right. how can they do this? How can they issue penalties without jurisdiction? And then it says, um, let's see. Uh, the IRS has perpetually failed to issue valid documentation that gives them any jurisdiction in this matter. That is why this petitioner has brought this matter to the court's attention. Petitioner has never received a valid notice of jurisdiction, blah, blah, blah. Petitioner has never, petitioner has never received a valid notice of deficiency as required, blah, 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 right? No, While the respondent, okay. okay, hold one second. I've gotten the blah, blah, blah before. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I bet you have. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I, the, go ahead. This is good. This is wonderful. The blah, blah, blah has to do with internal <laughs> revenue code sections. You know, what What I'm saying is I don't need to read it. Okay. So our, our the root of our argument is that we never received these two things. Right. And the respondent burdens this court with uh, the respondent. And that's the commissioner burdens this court with a lengthy 14-page motion citing a multitude of irrelevant data. So I don't know right. about all y'all, but both of my respondents' responses had on the very first paragraph, no jurisdiction, we want penalties, and then right. 14 pages of poop, right? Enough, yeah. enough to you know, feed a huge garden, like a farm. Yeah, the, okay? the, stink, so, the stink of the whole room. Yeah. So it, a motion citing a multitude of relevant data, this petitioner seeks the court's answer as to how the IRS can claim jurisdiction, do a bunch of other stuff, file substitutes, return, whatever they've done in your case, right? In one's case. Make claims in various unsigned papers, because some of you, some us have received unsigned papers that were titled notice of deficiency, right? But they don't conform to the law, right? And continue to damage the petitioner irreparably and with impunity for however long they've been screwing with you. In my case, over two decades, right? While yeah. the courts remain silent, if the respondent has a valid notice of deficiency or valid notice of determination, underlined petitioner asks that they produce it now and start the 90-day clock as soon as petitioner ha is in receipt of it well so, stop for just a second stop for just all a right, second I'll stop. that's a that's a good that no 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 i want you to keep going that's not, but that's a good point because when when i had that agent on the line he said well you, you can't you can't go because he did, your, your client didn't make the 90 days I said, I understand that. When did the 90 days start? When Noel came across down the arc? When did the 90 days start? He says, uh, well, when we sent it. I said, when did you send it? Would you tell us? Because we didn't receive it. If we didn't receive it, we don't know when you sent it. Anyway, just to tell you, the 90 days starts, even if you don't have to get it, when you get it. That's what the, anyways, that, that, that was the gist of it. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just but no, that's, it's that's true. You got that's it. That's a good point. See. Now, actually, it's not entirely accurate what you said. 
what the courts say is that the 90 days will start the day they sent it. However, you have to receive it within the 90 days. You have to receive it in a certain period of time. And the receipt Correct. is what allows that clock to have started on the day they sent it. In other words, they have to have proof that you received it. And not only that, but they got to produce a valid one. It has to be signed. Yep. It has to be according to the Internal Revenue Code that they are under. Yep. Right? And we do cite yep. that in this response, by the way. It says, um, respondent ad admits no statutory, <coughs> in quotes, and they admit it, like, totally. No statutory notice of deficiency as authorized by Internal Revenue Code Section 6212 and 6213A, and no notice of determination concerning collection action as authorized by Internal Revenue Code 6320 or 6330. Required to form the basis of a petition to this court has been sent to the petitioner. And that's in quotes. Right. In quotes. They said that. Right. Right. And see, that's why this works so well, because we're using Title 26 against them. And, that, and, and in the past, we've never done that. We've made up something of our own, you know. I, I breathe from my ears, and so because I breathe from my ears, uh, you know, whatever. So it, but, okay. but it's made up stuff. So. so we do have some other people waiting. Yep. Thank you. Hey, well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and and the, there's only a, a little bit left in the in the response, and and if he posts it, you can read it for yourself. But given respondents' behavior, petitioner feels that if the court finds they have jurisdiction over the respondent, that the respondent should get, receive the sanctions for a 24-year delay, and not the petitioner. I finished it out, man. Petitioner asks this court it. to answer the question of jurisdiction. If the court orders sanctions. The petitioner asked this court to make a legal determination as to how the petitioner can pay without violating law. And that's a hint at what to come. Thank you. Yeah. And you know what I'm talking about. I that's do. all I have to say. All right, Karen. Thank, and thank you. you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, no problem. Um, okay. okay. Taryn. Is there another? Yeah. Get three people. Terrence, you're next. Uh, yes, um, I have a question. I uh, filed a 1040, and no, I we're not, we're not doing questions tonight. We're only doing statements. Yeah, we're not doing questions. So stick it in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead and ask your question. I'm just. Oh. We're kidding, Terrence. Go ahead. Okay, Go ahead. I, I filed a 1040, and um. Uh, year 2017, and I owed uh, more than I could pay, like I owed 35000 So I um, I set up a payment arrangement that was electronic at the time, and they were drafting from my account every month. And I recently closed that bank account. And so I got a letter in the, uh, the mail from them, uh, from the IRS, yeah. uh, saying that, you know, because you, you no longer have that, um uh i'm sorry the uh, electronic the bank account open we're sending you some forms and you can fill out these forms and set up a payment arrangement and mail in checks to us every month and um you know they said uh 
before you go any farther, let me ask you a question. So you did the 1040. Now let me show you how, what you're saying. Why, first of all, why did you do the 1040? Um, well, be, well, I'll, I'll give you the full story is that I operated an S corporation and the S corporation earned 135,000 that year, but S corporation. Okay, stop right there. Work. Stop, stop right there. Okay. 130. So you're saying your S corp makes income. Is that what you're saying? Um, okay. That's a simple question guy. You said it makes 130 a year. My question is, does your S-Corp make income? Hello? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, perhaps. Okay, I don't then know. okay, then there. See, you don't know. So the question is, I filled out a 1040. They're asking how much income I made. I don't know. Put, and I put I don't know on line seven. So because I don't know on line seven, so I owe them 35,000 35, of I don't knows. See? Does that make sense? Um. <laughs> I'm not upset, guy. I'm just showing you what we need to do, think through. <clears throat> See, in other words, you said it made 130. 130 what? $135,000. Okay, now, my question to you is, I'm, I'm, I'm using your testimony. This is the problem that you're having. You made $135,000. What's the dollar, sir? Define the dollar for me. Uh, well, the Federal Reserve note, debt note. Okay. Okay. If you go into Black's Law Dictionary and look up dollar, it says not notes. So a dollar is not a note. That's what the law said. So you made $135,000. So, so wouldn't you do a, 10, a 1040? Isn't that an income tax return? Yeah. Okay, so then you made $135,000 of income. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying the CPA God, said that. See? And... You see, you're running around the mulberry bush. That's a simple thing. I'm using what you said. Now, are you in front of a computer? Yes. Okay, put in Title 31. Section 321, and D is in dog, the number two, and there's the definition of income. Let's use the, let's use the law because you're saying you made $135,000, so you pay tax on it, but you don't know what income is. When a 1040 is an income tax return. I'm confused now. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're saying that the form is discussing income and if i don't know what you don't income. there you go that's right now now just for an example larry the cable guy said he's got a friend named bob bob goes to the strip club every day he finally got one of the strippers to come home with him on his way home he asked the lady what's your name she said syphilis now the guy's got it see that's what you did you went to the strip bar, picked up somebody you don't you don't know what it is, you don't know who she is, you don't know where she came from, and now you have syphilis. Duh. See, you've got now you've got a problem because you self-assessed. You shot yourself in the foot. Now you're saying my foot hurts. Of course it hurts. You shot it. Okay, did you find that section for me? Uh, no, I haven't looked it up yet. Let's see. Okay, well look that up 
And see, we have to be careful what we do um, only because the, the, uh, the snakes are out, see? And, and, uh, and the snakes do what snakes do. Snakes bite. So don't tell me I got a pet snake. I got a pet venomous snake. It'll never bite anybody. I don't believe that because snakes bite. That's what they do. See? So that's Title 31, Section 321, D as in dog, the number two. Let's see what it let's see what it says. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm not able to Title 31, Section 321, D-2. No, no. Three, two, one, and then just then just scroll down until you get to it. That'll be fine. Title thirty-one, oh. section three, two, one, and then just scroll down until you see the little D, that, and then number two, okay. and then read it, and then I'm going to stop you along the way so you can so we can we can go through this real easy here. Go ahead and do it. Okay, so law.cornell.edu has a. Uh, oh yeah, okay, and then see, you can go down that, to. Okay, go ahead. I don't know if it's going to be right. Oh, yeah, D, ahead, uh, yeah, D2 says, for the for purposes of the federal income, estate, and gift stop, taxes. Stop, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going too fast. So for the purposes of federal income. Now, do you think that's important? It's relevant, maybe. Really? Okay, so you're paying, so you're going to pay $35,000 worth of relevant. Let's do it. For the purposes of federal income, now go ahead and read the rest of it. For the for purposes of the federal income, estate, and gift taxes, property accepted under paragraph one shall be considered as a gift or bequest to or for the use of the United States. Stop right there. So what is what is federal income? Well, this doesn't decide federal income. This just says something sure about. It doesn't. It says for, wait a minute. It says for the purposes of federal income. It does do that for the purposes. Of, see, here's the difference between you and me. You're on defense. I'm on offense. I'm showing you the signals to make the move, but you don't recognize them. For the for the purposes of federal income, you're right. That's that wouldn't be income. That would be um, conce conceptions. See? So for the purposes of federal income, read what it says after that. Okay. For the purposes of the federal income, estate and gift taxes, property Stop accepted right under... So estate, right. Property that's accepted. In other words, property that's accepted would be federal income. In other words, you can't give them bananas because they don't, that, they don't take bananas as a payment. Let's see what they take for a payment. Go ahead. Uh, shall be considered as a gift or bequest to or for there, the use stop, of the United stop, States. Stop, stop. There you go. See? So federal income is gifts and bequests. That's what it says. So when you made 135000 gifts and bequests, right? Is that what you said? Uh, no, I didn't say that. Well, you said you didn't. You made $135,000 income. So you had to make gifts and bequests. That's what the law says. That's what Title 31 says. Title 31 is um, money and finance. That's the Treasury Department's 
the Treasury Department is defining income, federal income, as gifts and bequests. So if you made $135,000 gifts and bequests, would you tell me what what you what 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 do you do there? What do you sell? Or how do you make gifts and bequests? What are they? Uh, okay, this this well, see, I don't see a definition here. I just see this says for the purposes of the federal income taxes. It doesn't say what income itself is. Okay, then what are you paying taxes on? Uh. Well, that's that's a good question. I mean, um, oh, it's telling you right there for the purposes of federal income. What you give the state or the feds is a gift or a bequest. So if I give you a gift, that's got to be income. How do you OK? How do you give if it said bananas? Would bananas be income? In other words, if I work and get bananas as a payment, I give the government bananas back. That would be my payment. That's what it's saying. Just keep reading it, and, and it'll come to you. So if you want me to help you with that, I still can. We got some issues that we can do. We're going to have to make a few adjustments in what you did because you did it yourself. We just got to go back and make them define certain things. If they don't define them, then we can default them, and we can default them into a better position for you. Does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah. Now, just to be clear, this this D2 says that the property shall be considered as a gift, um, not the income itself. The property accepted really? under so, paragraph. So, see, so yeah. the property that they, okay, so if you make a Federal Reserve note, will they take a Federal Reserve note in, as payment? If If I make it? If you make a Federal Reserve note for pay, will they take the Federal Reserve note for the tax? Well, well, I'm you, if I you mean if I counterfeit or produce the Federal Reserve? See, okay, you said you made one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. My question is, the, the one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars you made were they Federal Reserve notes or yeah. equivalent? Okay, so did, will they take those as payments? Uh, well, that depends on what paragraph one says. Property See what you're doing. See what you do. I, well, wait a minute. You didn't even know about this until then. So, if you made one hundred thirty-five thousand Federal Reserve notes, you owe them thirty-five thousand what? Grapes or Federal Reserve <laughs> notes? See, you're laughing at me, and I understand that. But here's my question. See, you can see it. If they take gifts and bequests, that's what they take for payments. Then what is income? Federal Reserve notes. Hmm. So you think about that and, and get with Tad, and Tad and I will help you change what you did because there's other stuff that's in the uh, in the ten, it's in Title 26 that says you can't pay taxes on notes, and Federal Reserve notes are, are notes. But see, you self-assessed yourself, see? Yeah. And, and oh, well, it's EPA did, did got, it, not me. Okay. Uh, then, then let's go after the CPA and put him in prison. See, you signed it on the penalties of perjury that you agreed with what he said. I will. Do I, I didn't sign anything, really. We just did it over the phone. I never really signed anything. 
Okay, then 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 your then your ten forty is no good. So we'll we'll have, we'll 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 suck it back. Right. From so but we I'm do not have some other people waiting. Yes, we have other people. So right. So if you want any other questions, if you get a hold of Tad, um, I'll be glad to call you and do a one on one and go through some stuff. That if you want to do it that way. So, but I want you to think about it. If gifts and bequest is the payment they take, wouldn't gifts and bequest also be the the uh, income they would? charge tax on since that's what's being taxed you think about that while the next person asks a question and thank you for your thank you for your question i appreciate it very very much thank you you're welcome bye-bye thank you hold on hey chuck creel hi ted hi carrie thank you for doing this hey i just wanted to let you know uh we got a response from the tax court that I hadn't heard you talk about before. Uh, my wife uh, actually got it, and the uh, the commissioner had answered the petition, but it was just with we can't uh, we we don't know whether they got uh, notices, and uh, we're still looking, and we just ask that you not grant the relief. Well, the tax court judge issued an order to the commissioner. Uh, since, uh, uh, subsequently, on such and such a date, respondent filed an answer to the petition. Nonetheless, respondent failed to attach thereto any notice of deficiency or determination that would support jurisdiction or the filing of an answer. Instead, respondent that instead the commissioner merely noted that the research was ongoing to determine if any notices had been issued that could give the court jurisdiction in this proceeding. Accordingly, given the apparent ambiguity of the record at present regarding, among other things, the jurisdiction of the court as to relevant parties and taxable periods, it is ordered that on or before July 12th, the commissioner shall file either one, an appropriate jurisdictional motion, and or two, a report addressing the basis or bases for the court's jurisdiction and attaching thereto a copy of any supporting documentation. So the judge appears to be annoyed at the commissioner for not answering the petition. Yes. Yes. And, and I, so, yeah, I, well, yeah I, I hadn't heard what, you say anything yeah. like that before. I just thought it was interesting. Well, well, yes, it is interesting, and we sometimes – we sometimes get those, but what will happen okay. is if he, if he doesn't answer you, the judge will come back and say, since they didn't have it, you'll get what you want. Right. And, okay. and see, see, what makes it so good is the commissioner is. The commissioner's writing it. So what happens is the court is not giving you a notice of the – I mean, the court is not saying they don't have jurisdiction, Okay. The commissioner is saying they violated the policies and procedures so the IRS doesn't have jurisdiction. So it's exactly right. the opposite of what you okay, of what you think. So and that's right. the, that's why that's why the hammer is so hard when we hit them with it. And see they don't yeah. that's why they're so frustrated because when they start saying stuff like that, see we're able to now go in and say, Well, since that's what you say it says, I need to see your bar card. If they don't have a bar right. card, then we go back after. See, then we go back after them for practicing all thought license. All I'm telling you is, we never argue taxes. 
because when you argue taxes, you can't beat them because they're the right. tax people. Right. right. So, so okay. thank you for sharing that. Thank you for that. I appreciate you, you that. Bet. Okay, so... Area code 419, you're next. Go ahead. Dad, but Terry, this is Mike. Hello, hey, uh, where, is, where, where is 419? Ohio. Okay, go ahead. Uh, we discussed the order of dismissal uh, last week, but there's a part, another part in here that's kind of confusing. All right. And Why don't you read it? Read it, it to me. We'll, we'll, un- we'll, un- we'll untangle it. Okay. And it reads uh, the first part. I won't need to go, but and that or notice of determination was issued me for the tax years '98 through 2013 that would permit uh, me to invoke the court's jurisdiction. Now, right? Why would I want to invoke the court's jurisdiction or how could you even invoke the court's jurisdiction if they don't have it? Well, because that's what they're telling you. You never received what you have to have. In other words, if you got a notice of determination, you got a notice of deficiency, you could then invoke the jurisdiction of the court. Then the court could make oh. a ruling in, the, in their favor, but they can't. Why can't they? Because they, you can't invoke the jurisdiction. Why? They don't have it. Why don't they have it? Because the the uh, commissioner failed to follow the law. That's what it's basically saying. If you start at the very beginning and read that, it'll, you'll see that what it, what it says is that the commissioner failed to give you the the notice of the determination and notice of deficiency. That don't know under Title twenty six sixty two twelve and Title twenty six uh-huh. sixty two thirteen sixty two thirteen A says. It's recommended and required. In other words, you do not. They don't have a choice. If they don't do it, then then stick a fork in them. So if let's just hypothetically say, if they did send the required notices, then okay. a petitioner could invoke the jurisdiction of the court in regards to the matter. Well, that's possible. Here's the problem. Okay, in order for it to be All right, let me just say this. I'm going to send you a check for $10,000, okay? I'm not going to sign the check. I'm not going to sign the check. Tell me what I sent you. An invalid check. That's exactly right. So the notice of deficiency and the notice of determination was signed properly, then yes, you could. I've been doing this since 1988, and I've never seen one yet. Right. I've never seen one. I've never seen one yet signed properly. So, I'm going to have to say they probably don't. Would, chances of you getting one was probably pretty slim. But in theory, right. if they did sign it properly, then I guess you could invoke it. So, should it be mentioned as well that you never did receive one signed as required by fifty-five? Uh, well, you can do that, but why would you do that if you don't need it? Because, see, now right. you're bringing in a, a, another element. Now they're going to come back and say, well, see what he's saying? I don't have to do it. Only they have to do it. Now you've got another element you've opened up. 
Well, I mean, if they have to if they have to sign it under penalty of perjury and they don't sign it under penalty of perjury, then they're sending out defective notices. Um, that's a counter. Then that would be a counterfeit security. So we can we can attack it that way. But saying okay. it the way you said it, I've done that. They come back and the judge says, "Well, the IRS isn't required to sign it under penalties of perjury, so your argument is is frivolous." So what I try to do is let me ask you a question. How do you spell more? Would you tell, would you spell more for me? L E S S. See, less is more. So why don't we not get into all that? Okay. Yes, if you had to, if you had to, you could, but it's better if you don't. Right. Okay. Because they're, I mean, if they're not, re- it, it's rather obvious that they are required because that's how it reads. So when they're trying well, to I say that, that not required, then that's right. They're lying. That's exactly right. See, so let's not get into that because that's just another mm-hmm. four or five, four or five months that you're going to be. They're going to snag your money. Those are they're okay. taking your money. You get into that, it's going to be another four or five months. And they're, and they're still going to take your money. We can get you out of it quicker. Right, okay. Okay. All right. That's, that's all I have for now. All right, thank you. Thank you. Okay, Paul. Is God, I hate talk sharing a crappy system. Paul G, you're next. Hey guys, um, I've gone Hello. over this a bit with Tad, and I think he um, sent the court order to uh, dismiss for lack of jurisdiction to you. And um, my situation is that being naive and not knowing better, um, there were a couple years that were indeterminate. And those happened to be the years that they're doing their lien and levy against. And so uh, the end result is that they denied the F-12277 to drop the lien levy. That's so wonderful. I'm kind of. That's wonderful. And why? Because. Why? There's what they're saying is you don't qualify because of 6337J, and it says this. Now, uh, 6337J is Title 26. That's a statute. That means that agent. Is, is is practicing law without a license. Now you've got a better case. You can chase that guy down saying that's not, if that's what it says, get with Tad and I'll show you what we're doing with that. What we're doing is, <clears throat> we're going back because if you look at that, there's an agent's name on it, correct? Yeah, there's some guy that uh, at okay. whatever this, organization is that's and I sent them a letter the other day because you had recommended going after him for you know for responding anyway with uh, practicing law without a license and so I made a stab at it my my issue is that because the judge has made his determination 
I supposedly have three months to oppose it before it becomes final or whatever. Well, then oppose and it. So, I'm sorry? Then oppose it. Then oppose it. Well, I tried that with with a motion. Okay, then. Okay, see what I'm to saying? To reopen, they and they denied okay. that, and they told me that if I'm going to send a motion, is I have to pay $500 and put it in okay. writing to them. Sure. The, the alternative. Okay. So you're screwed, bud. See, I'm trying to tell you what to do just mm -hmm. because you did it. Do you, have you ever heard of the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease? I put grease on the wheel, and it still squeaks, so I drove the car until the wheel came off. No, I take the wheel back off and grease it again. It's still greasing, still squeaking. I pull it off and grease it again. I may have to grease it 25 times. Finally, there's enough grease on it to stop it from squeaking. So what you have to do is um, too much of a good thing is what? Well, I, you know, you guys can help me understand what you're, what I need to do for this that's great that's kind of what i'm after my question to you is basically that if this 90 days is a deadline when the court magically says i can't oppose the levies anymore then you know i'm happy to do things that can try to un to either reopen the case or get these people to um you know drop the levy and whatever um and there's two approaches to reopening the case one is um pay the 500 dollars and and uh, you know apply for um getting the case reopened that way the other way is to vacate the judgment which costs nothing but sending them another letter motion to vacate there you go there's a, there you go now you're, you're greasing the wheel again in other words yeah. If they're getting 10,000 of these a day, and then they get an additional 5,000 because people are having to do this, now they're getting 15,000 a day. If 10,000 is killing them, 15,000 is going to be even worse. Okay, and then pretty soon they're going to get 20, and then 30. What we have to do is bury them. See what I'm saying? You have to bury them. Yeah, I'm all for it. Is there anything I can do? Okay. I mean, I did the the letter out to them, and if you've got a better letter or I can send another one, I'd be happy to keep throwing stuff at them. And okay. I what sent I another letter okay. like that to, the, to whoever the guy is that seemed to be behind the original lien levy um, as well, asking okay. the same kind of stuff. That's fine. What we need to do is, because yours is one per time, a one, it's kind of an awkward, oddball thing. Get a hold of Tad and I'll work with you one-on-one, -on -one, and then after it's done, you get back on here and tell everybody what happened. But, but, but what's happening is um, they're telling you something and we roll over for them. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to stop it. My whole thing is, that's fine. If that doesn't work, let's do something else. If that didn't work, do something else. Same. Yeah, I'm what totally I'm to behind you. that. Okay. I, I agree. Right. I've done that sort of thing before. I'm all okay. for doing it. Okay, what I need then from you is get me all your paperwork because right now I'm not sure exactly where you're at. 
So get your all your paperwork. Get it to Tad. Tad will get it to me. I'll call you. We'll go over it, and then I'll. Um, I'm. That's my strong point. My strong point's not writing letters. My strong point is seeing a hole in their theory, and that's how I came up with this this process. There's a hole in there okay, somewhere. Great. I'll find it for it. I will be glad to help you find it. And when we find it, we're going to plug it. So that's not a big deal. So we'll do the best we can. But you know, okay. I, so I don't remember the. I, it, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Is this 90 days some kind of hard deadline? I mean, do I have to go to common law? I don't care. Okay, see, there you go again. That might be part of the problem. He knows you're in common law. Now, I want you to think about this. Yes, you go to common law and you get a judgment against the agent. He doesn't stop taking your money. Now, where is the common law sheriff? No, I understand that. I'm just looking. I'm just talking about See, more. Then why would you? Then, the then why would you? Okay. Then why would you go to the common law when there's no common law sheriff? See, why would you go to? I don't do that. It's not about you. We're going to use oh. Title 26. Title 26 doesn't work. You go down to the IRS building, take a take a, a U.S. Treasury agent, put him in your car, and drive him there if you have to. What I'm saying is if you get a judgment against the agent and it's from Title 26 and he doesn't do it, you can take a U.S. Marshal with you. Why? That's the system. All these guys that go, say, well, go to the Hague. Go to the Hague. They'll give you anything you want. Then go to the Hague Sheriff and help you, help you do it. There ain't a Hague Sheriff. There's not a common law sheriff. There should be, but there's not. See? So right. you're going to get Here, I'll, let me sign your paperwork. I'll, I'll, I'll say Sheriff Terry. Blah, 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 blah. Hope Kerry, Sheriff Kerry. See, I got two titles now. They're, you know what they're going to do to you? They're going to laugh at you. But if we go to the if we go to the tax court and get the ruling you need, they recognize that guy. See, they recognize that okay. judge. Then, we, then if we have to go and you know, how do you eat an elephant? Let me ask you a question. How do you eat an elephant? Yeah, a bite at a time. I understand. See, okay. See, what I'm trying to do is give you one bite at a time. So many people say, well, I want to hurry up, but then take 40 bites, you can't swallow them. That's where you're at. Yeah. The yeah. You're the absolutely IRS. right. I'm, I'm trying to get the effing Social Security lien removed, so I have enough money to live on at the moment. It, see, and, that's what we're going to try. That's what we're going to try our yeah. best to do. I'm going to do everything I can to help you do that. But see, um, uh, so far, we've been really, really successful with most of them. See, and that's because what they're doing, they're violating Title 26. So with violation of Title 26, we can go to the United States District Court if we have to. Not for taxes, but for for violating Title 26, see, for practicing law without a license, for for going past, in other words, if you owe 10,000 and they take 10,000 and a dollar, we can go there for that dollar. See, in other words, there's, there's a hole somewhere in your paperwork, and I'll help you find it. All right, so Paul, oh, I'm sure there's Paul. Hello, Paul. Get with I'm me sorry? tomorrow. Get with me tomorrow. Yeah. Send me your email with your paperwork. I'll pass it on to carry. Remind me of this call, and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Thanks very much. All right. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you. All right, Paul. Thank you. Good night. Okay, so. Good night. Oh, sh- God, I hate Tosh. I, I already did. Oh, I'm in here.
disappeared. Okay, so anyway, that's it. Um, that's all the questions, so we're going to call it a night. So everybody, thank you for joining us, and thank you too, Carrie, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.